Holy hell, that was one hell of an episode. Wow. And, and welcome to Into the Black Archive, um, our review of Doctor Who Flux, episode four. Village of the Angels. Village of the Angels, yes. And wow. Wow. It's the first time I've, I've said wow about a Chibnall episode in a while. Well, I mean, I've never Who. said wow about a Chibnall episode, so it's a new feeling. It's been a while since I said... It wasn't said wow about any Doctor episode, to be honest. It has been a, it's been a fruitless pursuit for a few years. Even pre-Chibnall, some of Moffat... Yeah, some of the Moffat stuff Moffat was definitely was not... Moffat was struggling towards the end. Particularly, I mean, the Capaldi era, they never quite got the writing right. There was like a few good episodes in the Smith tenure that, that were good, but, you know, those... That Doctor had his misfires. Capaldi was full of misfires, not to his fault. The Jodie era has been poor... On average, mostly, there's been some very controversial episodes. But I think this one here, well, let's actually do a proper introduction. As James said, you're listening to In for Black Archive. I'm Owen, here's James. And it feels like we're doing live radio. It feels like there's genuinely like an energy. Yeah, it's it's because, honestly, we we finished watching it. Ten minutes ago? 15 minutes ago. 15 minutes ago, yeah. Feels more recent somehow. And ever since then, we have still been sort of like decompressing how we feel about this. I've been setting up and James has just been sat there just in, I'll be honest with you, in complete silence, strolling through Twitter going... I've just been collating my thoughts. I've been seeing what what other people are saying and and kind of getting to grips with with the last hour. Um, Obviously, should prelude what I'm going to say, because obviously we've still got two episodes of Flux to go, still two more weeks... And we have a lot to say, but Chris Chibnall and I do want to point this out and Maxine Alderton, yeah. who is the co-writer of this episode. And this is the first one that Chibnall's had a co-writer on. This season. At this least. season. This anyway, season. Um, in this, uh, in the flux. chapter, I need to say, in spite of everything I have said about Chris Chibnall in my life and on many of the classic podcasts we've done, I'll do this. Well done. Yeah, well done. Can, can he top this? This is more if than he to does, be top for end, but if he does, then I'll really be impressed. If if it gets better than this, because if this, it really is a, a it would be a highlight of any series. That that's the truth. Yeah. You know, that's not even because Chibnall has lowered a standard, so to speak. I mean, yeah, he has, but but in spite of that, this would in a Russell series, be phenomenal. Yeah, this, this was truly an, an actually amazing episode. This is one of the best Who episodes I've seen in a long while. It was around five, ten minutes into it. I don't... I'm not sure if, if, if uh, title screen had, it came up. I turned to you and went, I already like this episode. Yeah, and, I and knew you, immediately that, that, and, that and we said, were looking at something. And you said to me, wait, because we both know which Chris Chibnall yes. is very good at writing a story, but then not being able to close it. Yes. So I just thought, right, we'll just we'll just keep it going. We'll keep it going. We'll see how we feel at the end. And well, this is why you're here. You're listening to us. Tell us, I'll tell you how we feel about it now. We've reached the end. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll be able to do that. So this is the first Angels episode since... The I Angels think, take Manhattan. Yeah, since since Rory and Amy went. And I don't think it's controversial to say which the Angels 
have been on decline since their original yes, outcoming it became in Blink. Certainly in those Rory Amy episodes, they felt like they had been neutered, I think is the best way to say it. They felt less scary. They weren't treated in that same suspenseful way that they were at the start. And that's why people liked them so much, because they were treated properly like horror demons in Blink. I think it's because in latter episodes, they became over-explained. Yes. Whereas in Blink, it was very much a case of Blink, you die. Yeah, in that's the, it. We don't need to know anything else. In the other ones, it became a bit more complicated. About like the mythology and, yeah. and the function. You don't... I mean... What this episode proves is that you do not need to explain the angels because the threat is so visible and so visceral that mm. you, there is no need for backstory. It's there. You have what you need. And also, it didn't show them moving, which Moffat decided to fall down the rabbit hole of in his episodes for some yes, unknown which reason. which I will never get. This was a hark back to how the angels were at the start. It does. They were stripped back. It uses the... It does use the abilities which Moffat set in in stone, if you don't... If you ignore the pun. (laughs) Yeah, that was a shit pun. Um, Um, It wasn't intentional, it was just how it came out. Um, If you ignore things, they use the thing which they set in stone, like the image of an angel becomes an angel, but they made it scary because they showed... For Doctor ripping it up, and then later on it kind of rebuilt yeah, itself. Reformed. Yeah, And then it used electrical currents to draw one out. And it- yes, it's done in so many different ways. I mean, there were teasers of that even in the last episode, in that little thing with Yaz with the, the PlayStation, whatever, yeah. and they show it coming to the screen, and that gets echoed. I think the, the best way to talk about this episode... I mean, you already can tell we like it, but the best way to talk about it is to structurally try and work this out I mean, I think... Shall we talk about characters first? I think we should. I should... I'll probably say that we talk about all the Bell stuff because there is other stuff going on mm. uh, sort of in the wider Flux narrative. We'll probably talk about that as an aside at the end. Yeah. And get through all the Angel stuff first. Then we'll go into that and what that means and, and everything. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I think going off with the characters as we usually do is the best way to start. So... Dan and Yaz... Spoilers very much ahead, by the way. Yeah, if... If, if you don't know already. If, if you're listening to a review podcast, I kind of hope you'd expect spoilers. You'd hope, but, but you um, know, someone might complain and be like, oh, you're turning spoilers with their warning. Dan and Yaz very quickly, once again, get written, not out of the story, but they get sent somewhere else. Yeah, they get pushed to the side. They, they become the third and fourth companions to be hit so do you want to start there yeah let's start let's start with with dan and with dan and yaz yes because they go off into their own now well big time that they've gone on into their own narrative so the main trick of this episode is within the first five ten minutes dan and yaz get time displaced yeah so how do you think dan dealt with the angels for the first time I mean, how do you? It's, that's how I always see it. How do you? Yeah. Because they're such a ridiculous concept to introduce on somebody that's kind of, that we're meant to believe is like, there's just this real guy from the, from the present day. It's In reality, Dan did all that he could do in yeah. that situation. And then after that happens, well, there's nothing really he can do about it then. He's, it's happened. It's done. He's there. Mm-hmm. Do you think which... 
because we often say which there's particular characters which get left to the side. Yes. Do you think for once it wasn't Yaz? No, actually, no, I don't think it was Yaz. Yeah. If anything, it was Dan. And to be yeah. frank, I don't think he was. No, I think if we had to look at it in a character being left to the side, it was definitely Dan because he had less to do. Yes, he kind of follows. The, the good thing with Yaz is that once we arrive, it kind of immediately suits Yaz. It's kind of a police sort of deal. Yeah. Obviously, she, they're looking for that missing girl at the start. Yeah, That's so his tease. And they, they land and people are trying to call for police. And obviously, as Yaz is a former police officer... She can legitimately help, unlike the Doctor. Yeah, who... she's actually very useful in this. So because she's useful in this situation, Yaz really comes into her own and becomes very useful to the narrative. The problem is she just isn't allowed to be for very long because all of a sudden, poof. Yeah, because... Which, to be fair, does make sense because you can't just have her do- policing for the entire time. But it's nice for her to actually be given something to explore her policing skills because so often with Chipnall's era with Yaz, it very much comes off as... Oh, yeah, Yaz is a police officer. Yeah, now they don't really on. explain it. They just go, okay. And it's nice to see that actually being used. And developed. the skill set comes to the fore. So she becomes a useful character. Not only that, when, when that the displacement happens, she's still using those skills when they find the girl. Yeah, she's still thinking, trying to talk her through it, still trying to police it, essentially. Yeah, so she's still very much within character. It's, yeah. just less, it's just less direct. But those qualities shine through with Yaz and also Dan kind of gets to be the nice scouse guy yeah. and is sweet and sympathetic and everything after that obviously Yaz and Dan kind of become almost passengers in a sense because we cut to them script wise to explain other things this is becoming a theme this season at least is that they separate off the, do- the doctor from their companions which has often been a compliment but I think they still need to remember that it's they are companioned and they still need to be stuck around. Mm. Not a criticism of their story. I'm just, but it is one thing which we might need to bear in mind. Yes. I mean, I mean, based on the sneak peek of the next one, it seems like they're going to be separated for as long as they said something along the lines of it's been three years. Yes. Due we're to, jumping, which is very interesting. Due to the thing which happens with the doctor. The which, thing which happens, which we should get to. We'll get to in order. Yes, we need to get to that in plot order because it's, yeah. Um, okay, so that's Yaz and Dan. Let me just say one thing, because you're saying as well, which this is your favourite Chibnall episode. Yeah, yeah, it is. Do you think this is potentially one for best Yaz episodes as well? Yes. Yeah, I would agree, because because the story is written in such a way that it takes advantage of Yaz as a character, mm-hmm. finally, because she has, I mean, the, the her being a police officer gives her something to work with. She's always had something to work with. But now she actually feels a bit more developed. Like, she feels like a companion. I'm not saying a good companion. It feels like a workable companion yes. now. She's no longer purely relying on what would the doctor do. She's actually using her police instincts. Yes. Yaz is becoming Yaz. And that's a great thing. It's just a shame it's taken over two seasons. I know, and, and we could talk about how long it's taken to have an episode this good out of this era, but to be frank, I'm really happy that we've just got one. Yeah. I won't focus on how we got here. The point is, is that the last hour of Who was up there with some of the best hours of Who we've had in the last, I would say, 10 years. Yeah. That really tells you the magnitude of, of how good this is. Right, let's move on then to the Doctor. Yes, and that's also where we can talk about all of the interesting characters we meet yeah. uh, in this, which we definitely should mention a few of those. 
So, um, the Doctor is very quickly like uh, Sonic reading, so she goes off. Yeah, which follows the same trend of the Doctor just using for, sca- for Sonic for everything, which yes, annoys everyone. But, okay, gets to the place, and she finds a house owned by a Doctor, and he is performing experiments on Claire. The person who went missing for quite a while. Because we were always... so confused about who she was and where she came from. Mm. We finally got some answers. I said when we were reviewing the first episode of this, of Flux, that Claire was probably the thing that most intrigued me out of what was presented. Of yeah. all of those chess pieces that got thrown at us and to think, well, what's going what's gonna to be important? And Claire was the thing that, that interested me the most. Yeah. And Claire ends up... Um, being there for very interesting, very unexpected reasons, but in a good way. So the Doctor recognises that angels are after Claire. Yes. And that she has been having visions of the Doctor herself, the TARDIS, and things that we've already seen. So the, uh, the street in Liverpool, visions of that, and yeah. numbers as well. So it... Also slightly off what I think everyone were ex- was expecting of that Claire was from her Doctor's future, even mm. though from... Which she is, in a which, sense. Which she is, but that's not how she knew the Doctor initially. She was yeah. getting these visions placed by an angel. Yes. Which is such a different and unique way to bring in a character, which I liked. Which yes. I feel like I like a lot more than the idea of... Her just being from a future episode. Yes, it is because Claire was, well, in reality, a pawn. Yeah, essentially. Which is a, which is kind of a shame because Claire's a really good character. But there we go. Um, well, she we never saw her die, so she could come back. No, no, Claire's not dead. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, the angel hasn't been removed from Claire. Hmm. We didn't see that happen, so that's still there. Claire's yeah. still about. Um, yeah, so... From then on, the entire thing basically becomes a horror horror movie. Yeah. Pretty much. Doctor, the Professor... Jericho. Professor Jericho, we will get on to him in a second, and Claire stuck in the house with angels surrounding them and attacking them in every conceivable way imaginable. Mm-hmm. And this works really well. And the way the Doctor handles it, you can tell the stress is building. You can tell it's getting tougher. Jodie does really, really well with mm-hmm. what she did really well. I mean, I've always said that she's been able to get the most out of the writing she's had, but now she's got good writing. This is becoming a, a Doctor where I'm like, yes, now we're, now we're talking. Now we're playing with fire. Now we're playing with fire. Speaking of, Fire Angel. Yes. Wasn't that cool? <laughs> yes, that was cool. a cool unexpected addition. I, I guarantee they've made that just so they can sell a toy of an angel, Fire Angel, but I don't care. That's cool. Yeah. Although the main thing that happens with the Doctor isn't so much running from the angels. It's what happens when she speaks to the angels, if you know what I'm getting at. Yes, but spoilers, and we'll cover that at the end. So we are we are genuinely going to go plot by plot. We're going, we're going okay, to talk about that, that end sense. bit at the end. Right. Shall we quickly talk about Professor Jericho quickly? Yes. Because I think he deserves that. And then we'll go into plot and everything else can yeah. get brought up. Yeah. Right. Professor Jericho, everybody, is the best character on this show. You've just said Claire is the best character on this show. You I, didn't can't have... was, I didn't say Claire was the best. I said Claire was a good character. Okay. Claire was a good character. Professor Jericho 
it says a lot that I was genuinely emotional mm-hmm. when he got displayed. Genuinely. Yeah. I did not want that to happen. It annoyed me, but not in the way where it was like, that's bad writing. It annoyed me because it was good writing. I went, oh, you little shit, Chibnall. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and not even in a hateful way. Like, it's good writing. Jericho is so good. Because he starts out, like, and you just think, oh, it's just going to be this bumbling old bloke. Like, you really don't expect it. And then all of a sudden, he's going on about not surrendering because he's fought in the war. Yeah. And he's, ta- and he's taking angels on solo. And doing a good job. Although he does die by a sneeze. Yeah. He does. But but he he was such a joy to be around. Yeah. It was... He had such good comedic timing as well with specific things as well. Yeah. That's where the comic really comes from. It is very good. This episode, yes, it's very tense. And as James was saying, it's a very horror show-like episode. Yeah, they set it up that way. But for humour as well, it's just on point. Yeah, it hits at just the right moments to give you a little bit of levity from the suspense, but not too much that you're taken out of it, Yeah, which is exactly where you want to be. They walk the tightrope, script-wise, bang on. Yeah. Really bang on. I never thought I'd be saying this about a Christian script on Doctor Who. I really didn't. I'm, I'm, kind, I'm kind of shocked. That's why I sound like this, because I just did not expect this. I, th- I heard it was like good. Like I heard it would it was going to be good. Yeah, because we had we had the leaked. Yeah, we had the leaked article. Which, just to be clear, none of us read the leaked article. We went into this completely blind. Yes, we knew there was an article leaked that was broadly positive. That's all we, we knew. I saw it got leaked, and I saw a too long didn't read. Essentially stating it was good. I deliberately did not look at any of the spoilers. Mm. Uh, so we, we went into this, admittedly with high expectations. Yeah, I went into it thinking that, that, yeah, and we should get into the plot now. Yeah, um, we, we should stop dancing around the idea. Yes, yeah, so let's just go. So, yeah, we walked into this thinking this could be good. I always thought that the setup that they that they put in the sneak peek, the idea, village, 1960s, enclosed setting, a bit gothic, a bit dark. I was like, that is where you put Weeping Angels. That makes a lot of sense. We've got Claire in there. There's going to be a lot of intrigue. So, yeah, good setup. We start very quickly. It pretty much just punches in. And well done, finally, for actually working your way out of a cliffhanger. Yes. It gets worked out because, um, I mean, what do they actually like fully do? Because I, I didn't... They essentially short-circuit for TARDIS to kick out the quantum being, which is the angel. But yes. the angel had, by that point... Had already got them where they wanted. Got them where they wanted to, so... You could argue as a Deus Ex Machina of the they just reset for TARDIS, but that then is the impact. But they of, still lose. Yeah, but it still doesn't go well. No, it so still there are well. consequences. So, yes, there are still consequences there. You could argue which they cheat found a cheat way out of the situation, but but it doesn't get them out of the situation. No, it it doesn't. It, it just gets get, them out of the initial danger. It, yeah, it gets them out of the cliffhanger. That's what I'm. And frankly, about. I don't think the angels wanted to do anything else. No, they, they already had done exactly what they wanted. Yeah, they got the doctor in this area. And that, yeah, that's all they needed to do. So, cool. They arrive, and then immediately, of course, they split up. Doctor goes off to Jericho's house. Uh, Dan and Yaz are fined. Two, there's an older couple in the village who very, very comedically, and I very much like this touch, try to use the police box for real, which, which this is, where we is a sa- great nod. This is where we were saying, which instantly Yaz is put in their element. She mm. instantly has something to do. She instantly knows what she's doing. 
So, yeah, she goes straight in. So her and Dan essentially just at that point get separated off dealing with uh, There's a missing issue. girl, basically. Dealing with a police issue. Sorry, I whacked for the thing. <laughs> dealing with so, a police issue. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a nice way they actually do split it because sometimes they've just kind of split it because, yeah. But in this episode, it makes sense because Dan and Yaz are sort of the more human characters. They've got, they're dealing with the human element of what's going on. Yeah. And the Doctor gets to go and deal with the alien element of what's going on, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to split your characters up, put them in places where they should be. Yeah. And it's done that way. As, yeah, as, as the police constable going and doing police constable stuff mm. and the doctor doing the sciencey wimey timey wimey stuff exactly well it's the perfect time to bring up timey wimey isn't it yeah uh so dan and yaz which is, i think is the best place to focus on for now yeah let's uh, just... go off with gene and gerald who are the older couple and they have been looking after peggy who is a 10 year old girl who has mysteriously vanished yeah for and... unknown reasons and it sort of it sort of becomes a question of why did she leave? And I think it becomes quite quickly relevant, which her guardians, her great uncle or whatever, don't treat her particularly nicely because they, they get into the discussion of, well, what when we find her, what's she into? What can we discuss with her about? And he, he just goes, well, she's a 10-year-old girl. Yeah, what, what is there to know? What, what do you want? It Why? just confirms that he's not made any real attempt or go at actually learning about her or trying to get on common ground with her. I think he sees her more, less like a, a child and more just like a nuisance that he's had laid at his door. That's very, which does raise the question of why is she running? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that kind of gets implied later in a really cool way, but we'll get onto that. Yeah. Like a lot of things, because we are going chronologically. Yeah. So Yaz and Dan find the angel they have their squabble. They get displaced. Yeah, because the they doctor. initially think it's a... Scarecrow. Uh, scarecrow, yeah. And they go, is that scarecrow meant to be there? And then it just keeps moving. And then and then they get whacked. They get uh, taken out. They get taken out of the picture. Whacked. What is this? The whacked? Ma- what is this? The Irishman? It's the Mafia, James. The Weeping Angel Mafia? Exactly. Do you think Weeping Angels sort of have Mafia style? Well, they're part or of angel. a division. Yeah, but is the division like a Mafia? Because we don't really know what the division is, do we? Well, if it's got something different, I see serpent. the division as more like Shield, but like gone wrong. It depends. Or or... It, if a Grand Serpent is involved, then yes, I'd say it's like a mafia. Because I mean, oh yeah, Grand, Grand serpent, Serpent's very mafia. If if he's in charge of the division, then I would no say no way yes. is he in charge of the division. It depends. We don't know that man. He's far too weak and smarmy to be like in charge of the division. Surely it would feel like a letdown if he was in charge. Like, can't we have like? The master being in charge of the division or something really like cool. Well, I mean, what we know about clip that in case that's true. <laughs> what we ha- know about the Grand Serpent essentially is that he proposed a negotiation which led to loads of people dying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe. I mean, we know he's in the next episode because we've seen him, so we will find out something. Yeah. Anyway, so the Doctor arrives at Jericho's house. And this is where we learn a bit more about Claire. Claire is displaced from just after we meet her in well, episode two one. years after. Two years after. She's been in, she said she's been in oh, oh, no, that's when she gets there. More like she's, where she's gone is obviously, the, the angels have taken her in Liverpool. Yeah. And then displaced her into 1965. And she's been there for two years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but 
Jericho finds her a bit of a because Jericho's this what it what's it what is he called? Um, he's he's, he's uh, it's hard to say. He's sort of into psychoanalysm. Yeah, he's in psychoanalysm. So she, he's essentially got some sort of like truth detector, and it's it's like a great big polygram. Yeah, and he's and he's getting very confused because everything which, in theory, Claire says is true, like her date of birth, comes out. It reads as a lie because. She wasn't born in 19-whatever. 35. She was actually born in 1985. Yeah, so of course the machine's going to say she's lying. And when she's not 100% convinced of the year, it's going to say she's lying. Mm. So, and also she comes out with all the random angel stuff as well, which also mystifies... Yes, that's in the very opening scene before the credits. But that's uh, that's which... why Jericho is in, is in the picture, essentially, isn't it? If... Yeah, because Jericho is sort of trying to get out what's going on here. Um... Jericho initially, as we kind of say, comes across as a bit like, but this is my house, you can't do that. But it becomes very, very clear that this is not his house anymore and the angels are coming and there are lots of them. Yeah. And what I have to say at this point, which I think is a good time to say it, the way the weeping angels are handled generally, I want to talk about in a bit of detail because it is exceptionally good. Okay. Script-wise... The reason the angels are so good in this episode is because they are treated as a as an enemy that almost cannot be beaten, and it is pretty much proven right. Yeah, they. Let's be clear in this episode. They win. They win. We lose. Big. They win big, and not only that, it looked like there was never a chance. They they were playing for Doctor and our companions yeah. through the entirety of this episode. Like a fiddle. They did exactly, the Doctor and Companions did exactly what they expected. So that's in a, like a portrayal sense. The way they're written is great because they keep coming up with new ways to cause problems. When you think you've solved one, the next problem is introduced. When you've solved that, doesn't matter. We've got a worse one. Worse one. But it's also not done by just adding new abilities. Like no. for Moffat system, where... It was a case of, oh yes, you've got a a weeping angel locked in a cage with a camera pointing at it. But how do we make this dangerous? Ooh, I know. Let's make a picture of an angel become an angel. We're actually upping the stakes without up, upping the ability. Yes, to we're, we're just joke. using creative narrative ways to bring the other things into the game. Yeah, that are already there. And and I wish I could have watched this having maybe not watched who or not knowing what the angels are, because I think this is as good of an introduction as Blink was, actually. Yeah. It... Here's That's a question. Here's a question for you. Is this better than Blink? No. Because I think Blink is pretty much perfect, mm-hmm. and, and it introduces the angels in a way that is a lot more cryptic, and a lot more unsure. I mean, we get information. Also, Carrie Mulligan's in that, and Carrie Mulligan is an exceptional actor and everything. So it's not as good as Blink. But the fact that I would have that, if someone argued that, I wouldn't immediately shut them down like, and say you're being you're being ridiculous. Like Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan. I mean, if someone said, "Oh, but the Angels of Manhattan's the best Angels episode," I'd, I'd laugh in your face. But this is a genuine contender for it. Yeah. Not in my opinion. It's not in my opinion, but it's. I wouldn't like discourage you from thinking that no it's definitely a contender isn't it works it? really well as, as like a reintroduction yeah and not only that it strips the angels back to kind of 
what is raw about them, which is you cannot stop them. They are going to get you. And it is scary, and it is suspenseful, and it works. There are a lot of scenes with angels that are tense. Yeah. Genuinely tense. Yeah. I mean, that is some, like, classic, you know, who is there to try and scare a 12-year-old. And it that episode will do it. Mm. You know? Because there's going to be... There's that bit, obviously, where um, the angel gets in... Um, we realise the angel can get in mines. Yeah. Later on. And... It's, um, it's, it's, we were saying previously about how it doesn't add in elements just to one-up it. So it does add in elements, but to make sense narratively... Yes, it does it in the right way. Like... On my flashcard, on our prediction flashcards, which we've got, I've got they add things to the angels which make them worse. They did add things to the angels, but they didn't make them worse. They made them better. Yeah, because they're done in... It's it's still in the angels' wheelhouse. It still feels right for them, but it just adds a new layer of threat. Yeah. And the whole thing about this episode is just builds and builds and builds layers of threat. So that that's great. Also, I, I really want to give props to the way this is shot. And the way the angels are shot, yeah, we were said very good. We said midway through it was when Jean and Jean and Gerald, uh, Gerald. Yeah, there's a whole thing when, that they're looking at. We'll get into that when <laughs> when they get captured. The camera on that scene. There's a great um, tracking shot that goes into reverse. Yeah, they essentially we've got the angel. We it's follow, almost angel POV. It's we fantastic. Fo- we follow the eyesight of the character we've we go close in we cover the character and then instantly we come back around and the angel is there mm. it is such perfect well, writing what's perfect even better shots. in the detailing is you, you the camera only moves when she turns yeah it puts you straight in it it's it, really clever it follows gene doesn't it it's, yeah exactly and that tells you that chibnall and that i don't know the director's name I, i'm actually going to look it up because i want to say it i really want to like make sure i'm giving the it's credit the same person is who it? Oh, directed is it? episode one and two. Oh, is it oh i can't remember that jamie jamie magnus stone isn't it i want to say mm-hmm. i think it is i'm just gonna check this yeah that's um the who yeah it is jamie magnus stone i was right <laughs> i've got really confused about what was yeah going no on. i was on the who website and it suddenly just went <laughs> with the video yes. jamie magnus stone who's directed this um i have to give huge credit to because it shows you that chibnall and him have worked very well together about delivering the script in a way that visually works as well mm-hmm. And the, 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 the way the script and the visuals interweave and are working to tell the same vision is very, very good. And it's something which we saw, yes, it was a chaotic mess, but that was writing in the first episode. Everything which was in that episode, the way it was directed, makes sense. Yeah. Even if the writing was a little bit, let's just chuck everything at the audience, what Jamie McInstone did makes sense in a directorial sense yeah and this is very very well handled as an episode it, the, tonally it's there yeah um we can talk about i mean we'll talk about this bell stuff later obviously it breaks into the episode it kind of breaks the tone up mm. and part of me wonders what that episode would have been like if that plot wasn't in there but i know it's important for other episodes so i'll allow it it makes sense that it's there but yeah, you kind of wonder what would that have been like if it was just a completely isolated standalone. There's nothing mm. going on. It's just this. You'd have really been held in there. Anyhow, 
yeah so as the episode's going on we begin to realize which nothing is quite as it seems in the village at all everyone like 60 years ago disappears and this happened in 1901 yeah and this is happens to be where dan and yaz is sent but even then it's not quite right because we seem to just be in endless space yeah, so, I mean, to break this down, Dan and Yaz wake up where they were, but 66 years in the past. They walk through. The village has already been done. The angels have gone in. So it's already happened. The, the people are gone. You cannot stop it. It's just another ad- addition of, like, the angels have already done this. You cannot stop it. Yeah. So it's happened. They go into a house, trying to figure out where they are, and then Peggy shows up from 1967 who yep. has met the exact same fate yep and they realize and then peggy says you know you should walk to the end of uh the, where the sign is no she says don't walk past the sign don't walk past the sign yeah and so then obviously, to prove the point obviously uh, they go and have a look at what's past the sign yes the the sign of the village of wedderton that's its name only you only know that if you look at the sign yeah but it is called Wedderton. It's just never said, which I quite like. I quite like they just didn't say because it doesn't really matter. But if you want to know, it's there for you. And yeah, beyond the sign of Wedderton, the cosmos. Yeah. Which is a hell of an image, by the way. Yes. And quite well edited as well. It is very well done, actually. Because it's it, the visual effects are good in this episode, apart from the bell stuff. But again... It, this season of Doctor Who seems to be having weird issues. Like it it's either, inconsistent. It's either really good CGI, or it's got just garbage. Like we saw it last time with the Daleks. Like mm. we had really good CGI at random. And they points. just look so um, artificial. But then we just have random Daleks which are just edited wrong. Like parts of them move which shouldn't. Yes. So yeah, totally inconsistent. But at least at that point, it works really well. And then we see the exact same thing in 67, and that's where um, Gene and Gerald get displaced. And they go to 1901 as well. So the angels are sending everyone to the same place. Which is nice. It means everyone can be Did together. We ever, do we have an answer as to why that was? Like, why everyone was sent there? Because for Yaz and Dan, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But for the others... I think it's because, essentially, it's later revealed which the, which the angels has... Essentially, oh, I, they've, yeah, I taken, they've taken the village out of space and time. So I I imagine it could be because they couldn't send them somewhere else. Yeah, so they're almost, because they've locked it they as a place, they're locked in as to where they can go. Yeah. Yeah, actually, now I'm, yeah, now that makes sense. That does make sense. And also, quite frankly, it could be a case of they're laying for pawns because they wanted Jericho, Yaz, Dan, Peggy all to be there so they can witness what's happening on the other side yeah of so it almost confirms it and fixes it in time yeah as to that happening and also peggy also just says which they'd like people to be witnesses yeah that's a hell of a twist they li- literally just points where it said they're doing this because they're cruel yeah they like, want <sighs> they want okay. they want people to live to tell the tale of when the angels came yeah they want to be it's interesting in a way because 
that was never quite how they were in Blink. It was all just sort of they were doing a thing. Wasn't it in Blink that it was more a case of they wanted to survive? Rather, this time it's all very much on their terms. Because in Blink, yes. they wanted to get to the TARDIS to get yeah, away. They wanted to get to, obviously, they want something still. Yeah. But in this episode, they are in control. It's, they were in control from the start and they're in control at the end. It is Everything is done on their terms. Exactly. Which isn't... And adds to the fear factor. It hasn't... Well didn't really happen in Blink and I don't really think it happened in any of the no, other ones. No, it's never really happened like this actually. So I think this is very much a case of everything is happening on the Angels' terms so we're seeing them operate in a completely different way mm. to what we've seen before. I mean, now that we've had this episode, I think there was maybe a question mark about the Angels being like a great Doctor Who villain because obviously Blink's very good but then mm. after that they weren't quite as scary and everything. But after this episode, I think they have to go in the, the pantheon now, right? Yeah. They have to. Yeah, they have they have to, but they face the problem of that. I think they are now inherently hard to write for. Yeah, you almost have to do them in a particular way. And I think this episode only works because they have it where the Doctor loses. I yeah, feel, they leaned in. I feel like if they had in any other sense, I feel like mm. it wouldn't have worked. But then you get the flip side of if you're if you're saying that that's the rule, that the angels have to win, then that kind of kills the whole the Doctor still gets out like are we just saying oh the angels have arrived and we're done for we don't know we we don't know we don't know what's coming next yeah and i think it would work obviously if the angels get beat but in an indirect way like the angels themselves weren't beat it was the wider thing which i think is what's going to happen yeah, i sense yeah I, but that works i yeah because if you think about it every single time which we've had the angels on screen the doctors never won mm. in blink arguably the doctor didn't win yeah arguably survived they they survived but is that winning no not is, is that for they didn't le- beat the angels is they that just... the level which the angel brings us to just survival is winning but that that's what makes them good because we, survival really is winning yeah but if we look at them in other places i honestly can't really remember angels in manhattan but i can remember i mean angel amy and rory get taken so yeah how much of a win is that but then if we look at the other one, the next time they're in for Spaceship River Song, mm. we win. And it just doesn't leave any sort of emotional impact. Yeah. It does It does make you think that that might be the only way. But, yeah. It's almost like, I only want to see... Right, Doctor Who people. I only, see, I only want to see you do the angels, like, once in a while. You need to be sparing. Don't, like think that because this episode is really good and everyone says it's really good to bring the angels back every series because it's not going to work they have to have an impact only once in a while to make you go oh by the way we're wheeling these guys out they need to become that legendary villain which is so good because we only see them once in a while they become like they become part of a mythology because it's a story like with Blink we constantly tell the story of Mm, how Blink everyone goes on about Blink how Blink as a child terrified them it's part of a mythology if we constantly lose that they lose that element of mystery and that's what was happening with with when Moffat slightly did overuse them I get the feeling which Moffat felt which oh this is my thing everyone liked them let's reuse them so why not but yeah it will be better the less they use them and when they do to make sure it's done right they need to be careful and very protective because they've got something phenomenal if they just keep it protected james i know it's hard Mm. but we might have to stop praising this episode for five minutes yes so we can actually get some progress (laughs) yes we do we do need to get some progress goodness me uh yeah so village in space there and no one they go to a field i think this is the right place to go 
Yeah, so they, essentially at this point, Dan and Yaz go to the field, they see which there's a window where they see Peggy, an older Peggy. Yeah, which is a great reveal because uh, this character was kind of saying count the graves at the start to a, parish- to a parishioner who gets angels. So, sort of like, get out, get out of here. She leaves everyone that message saying get out because she is Peggy from the past. Like we all just thought well, she's yeah, some she crazy old she knows what's going to happen. But no, she knows what's going to happen. And that scene where she communicates to old Peggy, you get, it's really acted well because you get the sense of the years and it feels like it's there. Yeah. So that really carries. It doesn't just feel like, oh, look, they were the same person. It's cool. It's like, oh God, they were the same person. It's like that. Yeah. It's a different feel. Um, and then, of course... Um, Shall we focus now mostly on the Doctor? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, that is the right place to go, actually. So, angels are slowly creeping into Jericho's house. And we realise that Claire's having some interesting physical problems. Yeah, she's got an angel problem. <laughs> her, her hands are a bit, bit, bit harder than usual. And there's she might a lot s- of sleep in her eyes. She might need quite a lot of hand cream. A lot. Yeah, so it turns out which she has an angel in her head. Which is slowly turning her into an angel because of that, that line, any image of an angel is an angel. Yeah, which I think we sort of saw a hint at with Amy, but it was never really fully realised. Yeah, it's only now that that's been taken to its potential yeah. and really explored. So the Doctor and um, and Claire... Doctor, for Doctor and Claire... They essentially do a mind meld where they yeah, look the at... Doctor enters the mind. Do you think that's a good ability for the Doctor? Because it's a little bit tricky. We have seen him do things like that before, though. We have. Yeah, that is true. Because, there were, I mean, Tennant did that a few times. So it, we know it's part and, of the wheelhouse. And also, since we're, we're going through old classic Who, we know f- the old abilities. It is said which Time Lords have got telekinetic abilities. Because yes, remember, in Sensorites... Yes, we like to bully the episode because the ending is god-awful. We mention it every week, including now. It's revealed which Susan, the Doctor's granddaughter, has got the psychic ability. So Mm. I think think it's deep enough in the lore, which when done correctly, I think think it's fine. And it was done correctly here, for sure. Here's a question for you. Okay. So when we go inside her brain, we have the Doctor and Claire slash Angel. Angel, yeah. Was there too much exposition in that sink of seeing people saying there might have been? It is a big dump. Here's why I don't think it's too bad. Because there are... I, I do get that it's an issue and there's a lot of exposition and it's kind of lazy. They stage it really well. Yeah. Because you've got this really gorgeous, like grey-toned sea shot and you've got these two contrasting tides that's really well blocked as a scene so director again Jamie Magnus Stone props to you it's really well directed um, obviously you have the layering in the exposition still of well can we trust the exposition because we don't know if the angel is trustworthy or not so we do have a layer of we don't quite know what this is and before you ask no we cannot trust angels. No, we cannot do that. Continue. <laughs> we cannot do that. But, you know, rogue weeping angel, we haven't heard of Because, of course, the angel says that they're rogue, that they have tried to escape the angels, and the angels that are coming for them are actually a hit squad, which doesn't... That isn't a lie. It's just that it was used. I don't know. Well, yeah, actually, I don't know. I think that's an element which I like about this story. We don't quite know. We don't know whether 
because just to get to a little bit of the ending here, because I a think, little bit, I think yeah. we need we to, are getting there. We need for context to have this discussion. So essentially, at the end, the doctor gets surrounded, and it is revealed which the angel had negotiated with the other angels to give the doctor over. But it's never really revealed or hinted at whether there was an actual negotiation or whether it was just outright bullshit. Yeah, or whether the angel was just lying the whole time. Yeah, which I like. I like. Yeah. So we don't really know if the angel was truly rogue or not. But 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 I think that works because it doesn't matter. The outcome is the same. We don't really need to know the answer. So for once, I'm actually going to say Chris Chibnall has done a quite good bit of writing there by just... We don't need that detail. It's better to leave that mysterious so that we yeah. continue to think about it. It's why we can have this conversation now. And that's why I think it was a good bit of exposition because we don't know what was yeah, going on. exactly what I'm saying. Be- because you, you, you're not sure that it's a dump. I think there are a few things in there that are undoubtedly true because we need them, I think, for where we're going to go yeah. in future episodes. But So I think there was a necessity to it, but it was handled pretty well. And they do it with this interesting layer that makes you doubt the information that you're getting so that you're still having to think and you're still active and engaged rather than just sort of being put there and going, right, now you're going to listen for five minutes to things I have to tell you that I can't show. So it, it, it does work for me. And then for way which Claire and... Actually, no, we've got a little bit which happens, but I want to go to this bit because I like it. It's quite yeah, skip on, yeah. Um, so Jericho has been having angel problems back off, street, off screen. I don't know why you find that so funny. It's because it's a great Bible reference. Is it? Yeah, there's um, a lot of religious references in this episode, oh. if you dig. Um, so essentially, I won't go into them here. Essentially, the angels have been using Jericho's voice to tease him. Which is cool. Which is the best part, which is honestly amazing. But essentially... Jericho is realising which things are starting to go a bit south and they need the Doctor and Claire back. Mm. So what are you going to do in this situation, James? Throw a cup of red. Yep, why not? <laughs> perfect, let's go. Throw the tea set. It's, this is what I'm all about, where the humour is just perfect because it's not enough to take you out of it, but that entire thought of her decision... Because it works just, narratively. Yeah. Like, it's funny, but it actually makes sense. Yeah, and it just works and I like it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but... The angels are essentially teasing Jericho with his own voice, which is... It's dark and it's cruel. And there's so many moments that are like that. You know, like when... Because uh, Peggy sort of gets whispers from the angels throughout and they're literally saying, you know, the reason we let you go is because we're cruel and we want you to we want you to know what we did. So there are the moments like that throughout the whole episode that just make them worse and worse, make you think, oh God, they really are nasty little twats. Yeah. But then... They get surrounded, so they have to run for a tunnel, which, my God, that was potentially one for creepier scenes. Yeah, it's all dark. Angels are everywhere. They, there is no escape. They essentially look around. Jericho and Claire look around this tunnel and they go, these are some weird... Oh, crap, they're angels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we have... Jericho allows Claire to get around an angel by observing it. Then the Doctor gets the Jericho's back and says, we're going to split. Yeah. Saying, so that the angels go into each other. They try it. And Jericho spins and too far and... Gets some dust up. And we don't even hear the sneeze. It's so well handled. Because we know, because it's literally said in a dinner dialogue before, they'll try to get you to sneeze yeah. if anything, because you can't do that with your eyes closed. And, so open, sorry. And then he's got... 
Yeah, he's in which, 1901. He's just with Yaz and Dan. It's so immediate, but we already know what's happened. And it just hits you like a stone because because Jericho for the last five, ten minutes has been just so likable that you want him to get out. And so it just hurts even more. And again, adds to the threat of the angels, which is what everything in this episode does. It's all streamlined to one guy. Yes, that's it's a really good script. You're having fun there, James. Why am I saying this? It's a Christian daughter. It's really well written. Where was this before? <laughs> he could have done this before. It depends how much of it was him and how much of it if, was... Maxine Alderton, if this is all them... Whew. I've got a theory, and I'll talk to you about it towards the end. Okay. So, uh, after this point, I think we're at the end. Yeah, where so we, we have a moment with the Doctor, whether she realised the angels aren't coming after her anymore. Yeah, that's and, brilliant. Um, everyone's just kind of sat there going, uh-huh. what's happened here? Like, I honestly thought something, like, someone, they were looking at each other by mistake and it was going to be revealed or something along those lines. Yeah, like it was going to be a twist thing and, and they'd got it wrong or they made a mistake, but no, it's just, I do not know why you're doing this. And it turns out it's because the angels don't need to, which is exactly where they want her to be. Yeah, they're already done. The angel, I mean, they've already been done since minute one. Yeah. Doctor comes out, sees the time window in the graveyard, and behind her are countless. A full army of angels. Yeah, full army. They're not messing around. No. Oh, it's such a good episode. And then, and then we have the result of this yeah, episode. Yeah, the result of this. Um, it's important to say, before we talk about the result of this, we get a few bits about the division. Yeah. In that Dr. Angel C mind chat. Mainly just the division are everywhere. It's still kind of vague. Yeah, but the Doctor gets recalled to join the division. In a in a very interesting way. So, oddly enough, James predicted something along these lines happening, but he got it completely wrong. Because mm. he mentioned which Yaz was going to turn into an angel when she turned up, went on for plinth. Yeah. If someone it's does not, turn into an angel. It's not Yaz. It's not Yaz, and it's not from standing on that plinth. Yeah, it's a it's an ending. It is one hell of a cliffhanger. Yeah, because I mean, it is one of those. How how on earth are that gonna get fixed? Yeah, let's stop beating around this bush. Um, the Doctor's a weeping angel. Yeah, the Time Lord's a weeping angel. The angel has the Doctor. It's a weeping Doctor. It's. Sylvester McCoy. What? <laughs> I'm just thinking about which doctor would cry the most. Okay. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it is one hell of an ending. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of, it is one of those like, whoa things. And you, obviously we have no answers yet because they've ended it in exactly the right place. It, we don't know what this means. We don't know what the consequences are, but there has to be. It was honestly one of the most impactful moments of who yeah in recent times even then it's one of them yeah i mean because the right now the doctor's lost right now mm. like how many times can you say the doctor has truly like we've seen the doctor like being plunged into death but this we know she's still alive yeah yeah this is potentially one of the most impactful scenes in my view which we've had like yes we've had the Oh no, the doctor's about to die. But we always know the doctor's yeah, going we've to had recover. That before. We know the doctor's going to recover, so it's not that impactful. But what this, we've seen yeah. here is, you know, 
at least on the surface, irreversible, on the surface. And But the thing which I like about it more is that it adds so much potential story element-wise. Like, mm. what... What's yeah, what does happen? this mean? Are we going to follow the Doctor as she attempts to unangelify herself? Or is she stuck with the angel mindset? I have a theory on this mm-hmm. that I'd like to bring up. Obviously, the next episode we know is called Survivors of the Flux. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see the Doctor much at all next week. I think it's going to be very much Yaz, Dan, surrounding characters. And you'll get a bit of the Doctor here and there. But, but in what form that is, mm-hmm. I really don't know whether this will be a stone doctor or the doctor yeah. before or, or something else. Because but in the preview, which we will have to talk about for the There end, is no doctor. That we don't see a doctor, which honestly is probably a good thing to not spoil that. Whether exactly, it's, it's very well handled. Whether, Nothing of the doctor. Will, will she spend that episode as stone or will she quickly get solved? I yeah, hope it does For the first time in a long time, who I really don't know what's coming. No, Because it could be anything, really. It's actually really good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously a, a few other things happen in that sneak peek that are really worth mentioning. Actually, it's one of the more whoa th- sneak peeks we've had in a while. I think we should do that as a sneak peek um, at okay. the end. <laughs> um, well, in that case, there's only one more thing to talk about with this well, episode, which is the aside bit. Yes, which I've. This is my theory. Okay, this is my theory for you. I don't think. This is pure theory. I don't know anything about this. Okay. I could be talking about... Oh, Usually are. As am I. I don't think Chimpnall wrote the Weeping Angel part at all. Oh. I think which Max... What was her name? Maxine, Maxine Alderton. I Maxine Alderton did the the Angel stuff and Chris Chibnall did the Asides. I mean, I mean, we'll, we we may get answers on this. I mean, I'm not going to theorise. If I, Put it this way. The episode's good. That, I don't mind I, who wrote it. I just think if you're thinking through a co-writing scenario, when you've got a story which has obviously two separate parts, mm. I think that would make the most sense, that layout. Yeah, it would. I, I do agree with That's, that. I'm not making this assessment based on the writing of the episode. I'm you making could, it based you could on almost the, make it theoretical that maybe like Max and Alderson has been asked to write an Angels episode and then it was incorporated into Flux later mm. because obviously COVID happened and that yeah. affected the production effect of the episodes that could get made. That's... I think roughly what's happened with some time. So it's a separate stories that have been mm. amalgamated into yeah. the flux plan. And so Chibnall has gone over them, mm. reworked I, some things to fit into what his I, ideas I are. I think that's what how it happened. Potentially, yeah. That I, makes sense. As I said, this is purely a theory. I do not know. And purely I, speculation. I could be proven completely wrong. And Well, hopefully yeah. we find out soon because I'd love to know how this got conceived and how this yeah. has happened because it's fantastic and then let's talk about the asides which yeah which is bell again the bellvinder plot i honestly would have rather it be it, its own entire exactly segment. yeah i don't it, think it fits well it every single time it happened in the angel plot it brought you out of it and i just wanted to be put back in there yeah it, you know when you are reading a book and you go with a different character's perspective, and the entirety of that different character's perspective, you just want to go back to your main. To your main, it's it's that essentially. I just didn't want to be that. I wanted to be with the angels, mm. and it's not nothing to do with the quality of the writing of that bit. Yeah, because the sequences are fine. It's just that for stuff. Pop shield, shield goes pop. It's just that for stuff with the angels was so good. Yeah, there's almost no need. I will give it a pass because. 
the nature of the flux story means that there is stuff we need to know in the surrounding yeah admittedly it's a slightly it's not the most seamless way it could have been done but i think it does the job i mean what we see is interesting we kind of get an idea as to what the plans of Azure and Swarm are, because we see Azure we, we and see, the passenger form. We see for harvesting of people to go inside passenger. Because they're essentially taking people desperate to get off planets because, you know, Flux. the universe is a bit of a mess. Yeah. Flux-wise, and we're sort of seeing the wider impact still, which is good, and I'm liking that we're keeping a uh, focus on that. Bell recognises quickly, this is not what it looks like. Uh, and he's uh, he's she <laughs> is with another guy whose name has escaped me. But I should say, really good side character for what they were going for. I'm also really impressed about his acting. See, he's the guy who plays Thingy in, in Between Us. Yeah, he is, isn't he? I can believe forgotten his name in Between Us. Yeah, he's in Between Us. I've forgotten his name as well. Is it Blake Harrison? Yes, that's his name. Yeah, Blake Harrison, isn't it? I think he did really well in that role. I. There was at one point a hint of him being brought along for a wife, which I don't right, which I don't think would have worked. But his exit was done really well because he started off hating Bell for he thinks getting him away from salvation. But he slowly over time Yeah, he recognizes that actually what's what's happened is she's saved him. Mm. And he ends up being very grateful for that because obviously in that very last mid credit scene, which is very rare for who I loved how that was done. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Quick mention: the end credit theme. Wow! It it was it felt hollow. How, like how the doctor's been taken out of situation, so it just felt hollow. I was turning to you, and I love how what they it felt like with, a memory of the theme because they took the beat yeah. out. I, I turned to you, and I love what they've done with the music, and then instantly we got the glitch of there's an after credit scene here, which is just was just perfectly seamlessly done. It wasn't like a hard crash, which we typically see with Marvel films. It was so well integrated. Mm. Neil. Neil. Is Blake Harrison. But yeah, can confirm it is Blake Harrison. Mm. Uh, playing Namaka was his name, and I forgot that. But yeah, Namaka works in a way, and not in a comedic sense. He's sort of like funny-ish. He gives you a bit of levity, but he ends up being... He is there for the serious drama, not yeah, for comedic. Yeah, he's placed very well. Because he's sort of quirky, and and the good thing is we won't see him again, but that kind of makes sense. He just sort of fits where that needed to be. Mm -hmm. Drop in, drop out, and then he meets Vinder in that mid-credit scene, and then we find that Bella's left a message for Vinder. They have a kind of moment through the digital ether. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of an interesting point to tell us where we're going as we go. And speaking about where we're going, I think it's time to mention that the teaser... Kate Stewart is Kate Stewart's back, back with the Grand Serpent. Yes, crazy. Grand Serpent is back, Craig Parkinson, and the Ood as well. Yes. Which is great. I'd be, I, I knew which they were returning. I've been awaiting their, their return. It's interesting to see what kind of role they're filling here. Because obviously we had at the end of the end of time, the Ood had kind of taken on this almost Time Lordy like, we're looking at time here and it's looking at this. So it would make sense that they're here mm. if they're in that capacity. But who knows? I mean... We haven't seen Chibnall do the Ood, so could be a whole we new thing. We have seen them, but only as a cameo within the, you know, when Stock's in the prison cell. And- uh, yeah, we've seen them in the prison cell, but they haven't really been had been done. Yeah. 
So yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, there's back. a lot to and unpack out of that, and I can't wait to see which. So that does go. mean the return of Unit in some form, or is, is it? Or is it the return because of Unit? We yeah. don't know. We we never see Unit. We just see Kate Stewart talking to the Grand Serpent. I oh, just need to know how the hell has Kate Stewart got there? And I'm excited to find yeah. out. Yeah, there are so many questions, but but I'm just so intrigued to know what the answers are and. To wrap this up, I think congratulations to Chris yeah, Jimnall because you have made me excited about Doctor Who. We're, we've again. gone past the hour mark and we're running up to the hour mark depending how much gets cut out. Uh, probably a bit. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of random slips this episode. Let's do this typically. What is your score out of 10? I'm going to be slightly generous because I do think it deserves to have generosity. There are some issues... Particularly the Bellicides. Not that they're bad, it just kind of takes you out. There's a couple of things that maybe don't work as well as they could. But for me, and this will shock you, it's a nine. That's exactly where I was going to put it as well, is a nine. It, it is genuinely one of the most enjoyable episodes of New Who I have watched in years. Yes. Pretend, even top some of... Russell T. Davis's best episodes. It's up there with, with some of the best. It would have been good in a Russell series. Yeah. It would have been right up there in any series. Yeah, so I've got no qualm about giving it a nine. And if even if this is as good as it gets by miles, this still entirely justifies Flux. This one episode justifies yeah. everything, unless they do something really stupid. And I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited for next episode because it shows... Dan and Yaz working together without the Doctor helping them. And I'm hoping... There's just so many intriguing things lined up. I'm hoping they use that time effectively rather than how they've done it previously when Fuka... When it's just kind of been token. It's like, oh, they've been away for time, says Stephen Moffat. Yeah, and also when we had them being separated from the the Doctor at the start of Revolution, Resolution... Revolution of the Daleks, most Most recent... Yeah, Revolution of the Daleks. Most recent New Year's one. Th- yeah, that doesn't really do anything. Yeah, it. I'm hoping they do it properly. But this is chalk and cheese compared to Revolution of the Daleks. Wow. But yeah, this is good. But anyway, I'm sure which James would be more than happy to stay here for those 30 minute glowing about this episode. But we need to bring this podcast I'm to the end because it deserves to be glowed on. And yep. I always said that if Chibnall did something well, I would praise it, and he has, and I'll praise it. Yep. So that's it for us. Thank you very much for listening to this very happy edition of Info Black Archive. <laughs> <For> once, <laughs> um, if you want to follow us, tell us how wrong we are. Tell us how the angels were destroyed in this episode. Feel free to tweet us and tell us how wrong we were by tweeting at blackarchivepod at gmail.com or that's that's the email on the tweet. <laughs> I keep doing that. So you can tweet us blackarchivepod, or you can email us blackarchivepod at gmail.com. And if you want to hear what we've thought about the other episodes of Flux or some of the classic episodes, because that's what we usually do when uh, there isn't new Who on, you can check our podcast out. We've got all the episodes up on wherever you get your podcasts, basically. So have a look. And as mentioned last time on, on Spotify, I can add a question for you to answer. So please, can you tell me, was this better than Blink? Great question. I think it's not going to be a 100% one way. So thank you very much for listening. Have a good evening. We'll see you next week for more Flux Madness, although I think we've got a midweek lined up, so you might see us midweek. Depends on editing times. Could see us midweek. If not, don't be offended. We'll catch you next week, definitely, for more Flux. Goodbye. Bye.